And not only were they locked up, they were put in the hole. They were put in the inner part of the prison. They could have easily had a pity party. They could have sit about and licked each other's wounds or licked their wounds and been like, oh my God, do you believe what they did to us? Oh, and look where we are. We're in the most inner part of this prison. Oh, these stripes hurt. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. But not Paul. And not Silas. Because we see in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. You see, your situation and your circumstances should not determine your level of praise. Well, actually, it should. The worse the situation seems, the more you should praise your God. You know, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 23. And I want I just want to talk about getting your praise on. See, you should get your praise on no matter where you are. No matter what the situation is, you should be able to praise God. Amen? Acts, chapter... 16, we're going to read from verses 23 to 29. <clears throat> and when you have the word, just stand in reverence of his holy and most magnificent word. Yes, Acts 16, starting in verse 23. And the word of the Lord reads, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely, who have receiving such a charge, thrust them into prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Cyrus, Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came in trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The word of the Lord. You may be seated. You see, let's go back to the first verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them. You know what stripes are? They didn't put them 
in striped clothing. Stripes mean they were whipped and they were beaten. They put stripes on our Lord before they sent him to the cross. And it wasn't just a few stripes. They had laid many stripes on them. And not only were they locked up, they were put in the hole. They were put in the inner part of the prison. They could have easily had a pity party. They could have sit about and licked each other's wounds or licked their wounds and been like, oh my God, do you believe what they did to us? Oh, and look where we are. We're in the most inner part of this prison. Oh, these stripes hurt. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. But not Paul. And not Silas. Because we see in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. You see, your situation and your circumstances should not determine your level of praise. Well, actually, it should. The worse the situation seems, the more you should praise your God. Pastor, that doesn't sound right. Because it's not going my way. Why should I praise him? That's because mankind has a selfish mentality that it's all about us. And if you're not, you know, like Janet Jackson said one time, what have you done for me lately? That's how we look at God. We're like, well, I'll praise you when things are going good for me. If Paul had that mentality, they wouldn't have been praising him and praying in the deepest part of the prison and at midnight. They would have just been sleeping and whining and feeling all bad about themselves. Now, how many know someone like that? How many would say, we, you have been that person at some time? All except that little one, because you don't know how to do that yet. Praise God. Right? We get on the woe is me. It's my party. I'll cry if I want to. That's not how we should be. The rougher it goes, the more we should praise him. Because look at not only is it about you, but look what happens. Now you know how word travels. Do you think that all the other prisoners in that prison didn't know that Paul and Cyrus were whipped and beaten? And they were thrown in the inner part of the prison. But when they prayed and sang praises to God, God amplified their voices and had it ring throughout the whole prison to where the other prisoners heard him. See, what you don't recognize, what you don't understand in your life, that your witness, your testimony, and your praise has a ripple effect on all the people that you come in contact with. How many have ever seen a picture or have... Of, of the raindrop falling on a pond or something and the raindrop hits in the center and then all the little circles go out. Or maybe you've dropped a stone in the water and you see how the ripples go out. That's what they call the ripple effect. 
When someone sees you praising God in the middle of a situation that they don't think they could have the strength to go through and can't understand how you're going through it, but you praise God, your praises will ring out and bring a ripple effect into their life, and it will touch them. That's the first ripple. And then the next ripple is they turn around and go, Oh, my God, did you see what they were going through? And they praise their God right through it. See, that's what it's all about. It's about giving your God the glory so he can touch everybody else through you come on give him praise praise him in the dark times praise him in the great times praise him in the times when you have no idea what's going on praise him when you look at your bank account and it's negative you go god praise god oh my god that's when you oh that's when you go oh that's when all them auto pays came through i don't i don't like those you get all those ones that say, oh, it's so much easier if you let us auto-debit your account. No, because you don't look at my account first to make sure the money's there. You just take it. Now, if you'll sign a waiver that says if you do it and my account goes negative, you're going to cover the fees, well, have at it. Not in anyone. They, they don't care. They just Midnight on that day, out comes your money. And the bank can't stop it because it's an ACH. It's automatic. Praise him anyhow. But I know Ellie, he sat there and praised him and looked again, and there it was. Fixed. Amen. And they were made, not only were they in the inner prison, not only had they been beaten, their feet were in stocks. They couldn't move. But yet they praised their God. And then look what happens. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that all the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. Now, look at the next. I want you to read. Let's read verse 26 together. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that all the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Notice, not was it just Paul and Silas that got loosed. Everyone's bands were loosed. See, you could be in the middle of your darkest situation and through your praise other people that you're not even praying for and you're not even pleading to God for their bands can get loosed by your praise your praise in your dark hour will get your cousin your nephew your uncle all the way across the world, across the country, saved because of your praise. Which is what it's all about. If you're a true believer of Christ, you don't really want it all for you. Your heart should burn for those who you know are not saved. And it's like yesterday, I know, because there was a portion before I turned it over to the aunt that was going to do the part with the family coming up. 
I know it was not only the Holy Spirit, but the spirit of her grandmother was like, you can't leave this place without offering salvation to my family. I felt it. And when I started to go there, I looked over and Aunt Cheryl nodded and said, go for it. Go with it. And then my wife reminded me, don't forget there's people on the internet. So then I did what I do every Sunday here. I did it right there at the altar, behind, at the, with the casket in front of me. See, it's not always about us. It's about those out there who don't have Jesus, who don't know Jesus. But you got to say one thing is they're watching you. If you're a Christian, and every time you go through stuff, you grumble and complain and get, let that stuff affect you, People who aren't Christians will be like, well, why don't I want to be a Christian? You act the same way I do when you go through trouble. When you guys blessing you, you're all happy and telling me about them. But what, what you doing right now? See, in the New Testament, I believe it's in Galatians, it says, let your moderation be known to all men. See, we're not supposed to be emotional-driven people. We're supposed to be the ones who can stand in the middle of a storm. And maybe we'll be moved around, but we shall not be shaken. We shall not be moved. We shall not fall down. And we'll have the strength to be able to help other people. Amen? A lot of us want to be blessed with abundance so that we can have everything that we want. We should want to be blessed with abundance so that when others are in need and they come to us, we don't have to think about it. We just, like in this pantry, there's people that show up and they know we're finished. But we still bless them with a box out of our abundance. We could easily be like, no, we're closed. Come back next week because we can't, we can't, because we, we know that when we bless them, God's going to replace it. If we give out a whole box of canned goods, and it's the last cans on that shelf. You know by Saturday, somebody's going to donate a box of cans and leave it in front of the church door. Because that's what God does. He'll say to the person over there, he'll say, you know what? That church needs, go. he doesn't even say they need. He just says, you know what? Go give them some of them cans. It's because we praise God in all things. Even when we look at the truck and it's empty, we believe the boxes will be filled. And it happens, praise God. And then the keeper of the prison comes, awakened out of his sleep, seeing that the prison doors were open, gets fearful. And Paul says, don't worry, we're still here. Why, why didn't Paul run? Because Paul wasn't scared of prison. And I believe God didn't tell him to run. See, because check this out. And I'm just getting this right now. You got Paul. You got Silas. They're in prison. Now you've got the prison keeper. Today we're probably called a warden. Comes and sees that all the doors to his prison are wide open and all the prisoners are loose. Goes to Paul, and Paul's like, no, don't worry about it. We're still here. Now, the prison keeper, the warden, says, sirs, 
What do I have to do to be saved? Get saved. Now you have a saved prison keeper, saved warden. Now you have an influence over a population of prisoners that is now saved in authority, but he's saved to be able to introduce the gospel of Jesus to those in that prison. But it all comes back to Paul's praise. If Paul hadn't praised God, the doors wouldn't have opened, the jailer wouldn't have got saved, and that would have been the same old kind of regular Roman jail. But now you've got a saved warden. See, it's not about you. It's about your God and the plan. See, God knew that when he opened up them doors, that that prison keeper would come and be in so in awe to see men that he knew was in the middle of that prison in stocks and bonds and knew that all everybody else was free. He's like, you know what? I got this God that you're serving. He's the real deal. What do I got to do to be saved by him? And now a person in authority has God on the inside. That could happen to you. You can have a job where you're in one place, or you can have a job where you go to other people's houses. You can have a job where you're in a store where you run into people all the time. But when you have that ripple effect, and they see you praising your God with the same smile every time they meet you, and every time any kind of conversation comes up, you're giving glory to your God, the ripple effect begins. And more people get touched. See, we got a lot of Christians that want to come to Christianity for the hands of God, for the things that God will do for them. God wants you to come into Christianity and come into relationship with Him so you can see His face and feel His heart. And His heart would be that no man shall perish. And it's up to us to be the ones praise our God in front of everybody else and get the ripple effect started. Come on, give God praise. Now I want to talk about another disciple in prison. And with this one, I want to point out that when you know you have God with you, nothing should bother you or trouble you. In the book of Acts, I love the book of Acts. Pastor Parsi, I've heard him call it the book of action. Because it's full of action. But Acts chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. The word of the Lord reads, And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. Now here, you've got Peter, and Herod threw him into prison, and Peter was going to be sentenced to death. Here you've got a follower of Jesus 
who denied Jesus three times after he sat there and told Jesus that nothing will ever stop me. I will go to prison for you. I will die for you. I will fight for you. No matter what, I, I will always stand up for you. And Jesus even told him. He said, no, no, Peter. He said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Peter did exactly what the Lord said. Now, Peter, it's transformed. And he's a preacher of Jesus Christ. He gets locked up because of it. Now, Peter could have been all messed up because he was locked up. You know, it's not just, he's not just in prison. He's chained between two guards. Because they didn't want anything to happen to Peter. They wanted to make sure they could kill him. Now, if you're on death row, it would be very easy to be anxious and anxiety. and all, But what's Peter doing? He's sleeping. Peter is so concerned about Herod and the death penalty that he takes a nap between the guards. He's like, I don't care. If they kill me, I'm going to be with Jesus. If Jesus wants to get me out of here, he'll send an angel to slap me upside the head and say, get up, Peter. You've been bailed out. Peter doesn't, obviously, he's not too concerned because he's fast asleep between the two guards. Not only is there two guards, Chained to him, there's prison keepers keeping the door, keeping the prison secure. Peter's like, I'm going to sleep. When my day come, my day come. See, you've got to be in the place with God that no matter what goes on, you're able to be like, you know what? My God is in control. Whatever he sees fit to do, he will do. If he wants me to die in prison, I'll die. If he wants me to be free, I'll be free. But no matter what, I'm going to rest in his peace. I'm going to rest in his love. I don't care if I'm chained between two guards. I'm going to rest in the peace of my God. Because I guarantee you, Peter was reflecting on Jesus that he had been with. Jesus who told him what he would do. And that first sermon he preached where 3,000 got saved. He must have been like, hey, whatever my God wants, he must have, he knows I'm here. And then the angel comes, wakes him up, walks him out, free from the prison. No one else wakes up but Peter. Angel, loose his bonds, says, put on your shoes, grab, grab your coat, we're out of here. Walks him out to the city gate, and when you read it, Peter thinks he's having a dream till he saw the gates. And then he knew this was the real deal. Peter was so deep in sleep, he thought he was dreaming. Even dreaming that the angel waked him up, woke him up. You've got to be so solid in your relationship that you can praise him no matter what's going on. And you can rest peacefully in his presence and in his peace. Nothing should ever in interfere with your praise and nothing, nothing, nothing. I said nothing should ever rob you of your peace. The enemy will try. He will try to come in like a flood. But you need to know that the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against any attack that that devil brings upon you. Anything that that devil brings to you can be guarded from, can be taken care of by your God. That's why it says to be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your
your requests be made unto God and he will guard your heart and mind with a peace that transcends all understanding in Christ Jesus. See, you need to know that no matter what's going on, that God's got your back. God's got your peace. And there's no temptation that is not common to man. And he will not allow you to go through anything that you cannot bear. And he will provide a way out for you. Hallelujah. I got like a young year old praiser back there. Hallelujah. That's one thing I can say about Elizabeth's kids. They start praising God young. Praise God. Amen. She probably, they probably, as soon as, as, soon as they're born, she'll be like, you're going to praise God whether you like it or not. I mean, she gets them dedicated within like the first month. Praise God. She brings them, Pastor, we're having a dedication. Amen. Raises them up. Next thing you know, they're two years old, standing on a pew, clapping their hands, singing even if. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm talking about you, sweetie. Hallelujah. But you should not let your circumstance affect your relationship with your God. Because your see, the circumstances doesn't affect your God. God is yet to have anything come up in anybody's life, in any occurrence on this world, and scratch his head and go, Oh my God, Jesus, what are we going to do now? Wow, the devil really came up with a good one now. No. So why do we do that? Don't you believe what the Word of God says? Don't you believe that it says when you, when you give your life to Christ, that the, to Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you? That we're earthen treasures, earthen vessels that carry around this treasure? Don't you believe that when he says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? So if he's greater than he that is in the world, how can he that's in the world do anything that affect you? Because your God is greater. Come on! So you can praise him in the middle of everything that's going on. Praise them if all you got in your cupboard is macaroni, cheese, and ketchup. You got yourself a meal. Amen. My point is this. Whatever you need in your life, trust your God to provide. Be grateful for where you are. Be thankful for His grace. And praise Him and let Him do His thing. Like I love that song, Holy Water. And it says, Lord, I never want to abuse Your grace. Because God, I need it every day. And it's the only thing that makes me want to try. I think to do better. It basically wants you to try to do better. It's a grace. It's the only thing. And I think sometimes we get selfish in our Beliefs with Jesus. And trust me, praying for your favorite sports team don't work. God don't care who wins the World Series. God don't care who wins the Super Bowl. God don't care whether Michael Jordan's better than LeBron James. God don't care because God created them both. So he created two champions. What God cares about is do you understand that he is the greatest? That he is the best. And he can provide all things that you ask for and that you need. 
See, your favorite team winning its fav your favorite sports event has should not really have it and will not have an eternal effect on your life. But whether you live for God does. Whether you trust for God for everything you do, that has an eternal effect on your life and on those around you. You got it. And that reminds me to Hebrews 11.1, 1, which we all know. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidences of things unseen. See, stop being a tangible Christian. Stop being the kind of Christian that needs to see it before they believe it. Stop being the kind of Christian that if I don't see it, I'm not going to believe it and it's not going to happen. Be the kind of Christian that says, well, my word says that my faith is the substance of the things that I'm hoping for, but the evidence is in the things that are unseen. In other words, I know that my God has got me in this prison and he'll get me out. if I. And I'm not just talking about physical prison. Sometimes you can be in the prison of debt. Sometimes you can be in the prison of depression. Sometimes you can be in the prison, the prison of low self-esteem. Whatever the prison is that you are caught up in, God can bring you out of it. And God will supply. But it's your faith in God that will pull you through. And he is able to do whatever you find in his word. He's able to do it. And that's yesterday. That's what I loved hearing about the family talk about their mother or their grandmother. And the constant theme was she always addressed us with the word of God. When she was correcting us, she'd correct us. But she always had, or whatever it was, she always had a scripture to bring to it. This word is your proof. This word is your evidence. This word is what will get you through each and every day. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise in this house. You see, we spend too much time worrying about things. It's nice to have things. We need food. We need shelter. We need money. We need to be, quote, happy. But do not let those things affect your life and interfere with your relationship with your God. He has it all figured out. He has it all under control. World Harvest Worship Center. Reaching our world one life, one city, one nation at a time. Worship Center, reaching our world.